This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And a very good Saturday morning to uh, all our listeners out there, Charlie, as well as our producer, David Gaskin, whose smile always radiates warmth and... Uh, welcome. Uh, welcome. Good. Is That's that good? it. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's and, a nice sunny day. I think everybody's in a good mood you today. You know, yeah, it is a nice day. And it's day. a little warmer today than it was yesterday. Oh, that was chilly. That was a I little... had the car heater on, <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> it was yeah. a little bit of ice on the, uh, well, everywhere <laughs> <Yeah>. yesterday. <laughs> We've got uh, phone numbers that uh, David is keeping his eye on right now. The uh, lines will uh, be open right now, as a matter of fact. If you call uh, in Toronto, 416 360-0740. That's your line for the Torontonians online. And then anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-744-740. And uh, I'm Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden. Hmm. Uh, one little extra additional yes, note. Forget. Yes, yes. The mantra, call early, call often. One question per call. Otherwise, Patrolman Proctor pulls you over and you get a ticket. That's right. Yeah. He'll just cut you right off. Oh, I'm tough. All right, so we got a pretty special show coming up yeah. here today. We uh, we have a special guest uh, on the half hour. James Graham will be joining us. He was the missing in action <laughs> horticultural uh, vice president of the OHA Ontario Horticultural Association. He was the missing in action speaker for the Riverdale Hort Society, whatever that was, two weeks ago, ten days ago. When when Heather, the president, called up and said, "Does anybody know where James Graham is?" Said <laughs> <laughs> all the APB. Yeah. We found him. So just so everybody knows, he's. He's going to be with us in about half an hour. So he has been found, and he did, as far as I understand, make it to the Riverdale Hort Society as well. Now, I don't have any big announcements of events going on. I think we're getting close to that Christmas time of year where a lot of the yeah. Hort Societies, are, they do awards and banquets and Christmas potlucks and all kinds of stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. So I don't have a lot to announce. But do remember that website that everybody should have bookmarked, W Garden Ontario, that's one word, GardenOntario.org. And that is where all the Hort Societies are listed. So it's all alphabetical. You just yep. you know, scroll down until you find your community, click on it, and your local Hort Society information will come up. Where they meet, when they meet, what kind of special projects they do, and of course you're going to mm. want... Um, James is going to tell us more about why you might want to join your local Hort Society, but that's one way to find out uh, you know, more if you don't know yeah, yeah. about your local... Uh, okay, a bunch of email to share, so we'll get to that. But before I forget, because sometimes I forget these things, uh, I just want to do a big shout out to my parents. 60th wedding anniversary. Dolly? Can you imagine? Really? Yep. And, and Dolly and Cam. And Cam. Yep. 
My 60 gosh. years. And Isn't that wonderful? Still going strong. So, yes, indeed. And they said it wouldn't last. Exactly. Well, you fooled them, Dolly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sh- <laughs> they showed them. <laughs> it's an amazing thing. Isn't but, that true? No, that's yeah, wonderful. That's it great. is. Pretty exciting. So, I think that's a diamond <clears throat> anniversary. So, we've all been struggling with what to you know give as a present. But, mm-hmm. nevertheless, 60 years. We ha- we're, I, my brother and I are hosting a brunch tomorrow. Uh, I understand Charlie's gift has a faint smell of Cracker Jack to it. Yeah, uh, or it's kind of like I think some yeah. aluminum tinfoil or something. <laughs> Hoping nobody will notice. Yeah. Right? Uh, okay, so a quick email. Like I say, I've got a few yeah. here. Oh. This one's from Hedy Pagnello. She says, I was wondering if you could help me with my problem of my torn up lawn. Well, I don't need to read any further. We all know what's going on there, uh, don't we, Frank? Those skunkaroonies are out there. Skunkaroonies or raccoonaroonies. Oh, yeah, and after of course, the grubs. That's right, after the yeah. grubs. So something, and she says in her email, I'm guessing raccoons, has just about destroyed my lawn. Every day I go out and there's a new section all dug up. I guess they're digging for bugs or something. She mentions she's been in the house for two years. She spent a lot of time and money to make a beautiful lawn and now it's getting destroyed. So this is something we can all I'd learn from. Them. I'd sue the little beggars. <laughs> That's right. Line them up. Yeah. <laughs> <Bandits>. <laughs> March them off to some work camp somewhere. Get them to put that lawn back. The, it is raccoons likely, though it could be skunks. They are yeah. definitely digging up bugs in the lawn, likely grubs. Now, you don't do anything about the grubs now because it's too cold, and the grubs have moved down. They are moving down. Uh, the raccoons are still smelling them or hearing them, but more likely smelling them and digging to, to get them. But as it gets colder, the grubs go lower. Nobody can get them. What do you do to avoid this problem? Well, <clears throat> those same grubs are going to be there next spring because they're going to go down for the winter below the frost line, come back up through the soil to start chewing again next spring. Again, there's not a lot you're going to be able to do next spring other than do a welcome mat for the starlings and the raccoons and the skunks. Let them eat their little hearts out. Then you're going to fix your lawn after that. I smell a nematode coming. Yeah, (laughs) you're going to fix your lawn in May, and in (laughs) August, exactly, you're going to get some nematodes. So, Hetty, I hope you're listening. Nematodes eggs, actually, is what you're going to get. In early August, you're going to follow the directions on the package and you are going to apply those nematodes with the intention of not having this problem in the future. These little nematodes, yeah, by the way, I've just sprayed on the lawn with the garden hose, right? Yeah, or in the watering can. Yeah, and and they actually eat the grubs. They do. The little yeah. eggs hatch, and what hatches out is a nematode, which is a wire worm, which is like a hair. It's yeah. so tiny, you'll, you'll rarely see them. But they find the grubs, and then they latch onto the grubs, and of course they lay their eggs on the grubs, and the, and the whole thing is very cool because they just chew and eat those grubs right up. Well, quite amazing it's nature, a, isn't it? Mom thing. nature does her stuff. Yep. All righty. All right. Speaking of doing our stuff, I guess we better get moving along here. Yes, yes okay. we better. I, I'll get the nod of approval here because I daren't make a move without, you know, written consent from <laughs> you my are the boss, Charlie. chef, after all. <laughs> all right. We'll look forward to talking to all our listeners in just a couple of moments after these words on AM 740's Charlie Dobbin Garden Show. There are hundreds of sources for tips on gardening, but you need only one. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin continues. Whoops, you surprised me that the mic came on a little early as I was genuflecting to my uh, goddess of the gardens. <laughs> but that's a Charlie. quiet thing to do. It's okay. Yes, all. Oh. <laughs> genuflecting. Well, there you go. My are. sous chef. Yes. Well, hey, gardener. We've got folks on the line yes, here anxious do. to talk to you and uh, ask questions, get answers. Dorothy in Toronto on the line right now. Hi, Dorothy. Hi. Morning. Good morning. Uh, I've got five uh, rows. Uh, I should say I've got 
five roses mm -hmm. still blooming in my backyard. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, they're the bigger, well, the large size of an almond, and I can see the red petals underneath. If I bring them in, would they still get bigger? The buds, you mean, the flower buds? Yeah. You know what? Not in my experience. I've tried that, bringing them in. And even getting to, I mean, I have the same thing as you, some roses that have moved from bud, like from the green bud, they're actually really in bud. But if I try and bring them into the heat, I think they just collapse. It's worth a try. I mean, there's nothing wrong with trying. Uh, I brought two in last week, uh -huh. and they're still blooming. Well, there you go. So you're a little warmer than I am in Toronto. I'm north of Toronto. But, uh, but certainly, I know this is always an interesting time of year when the roses keep cranking out those flowers. You sure don't want to stop that. I just keep letting them do their thing until it gets really cold. Then I'll cut them down and mound my roses. But until then, sure, why not? Bring in some flowers. Bring in the Give buds. Try, yeah. yeah. And even just with a rose bowl, because that way you don't have to worry about the stem being strong enough to hold that, the bud up. Once it starts to crack a bit, get it just sitting in a bowl and quite often that can work even better. And then do I cut the, the uh, rose bush down? Not yet, but you will once it gets cold enough. How cold is cold? Well, I personally, you want a couple of good, really hard frosts. So yeah. you want uh, everything to be really hard and toasty. You want the ground to now be have some, some cold in it. You know when you, we walk on the lawn and it starts getting hard and, and you can hear it crispy as we walk? Yeah. Then it starts being time to think about covering our roses, but not until then. And then when I cut them, you said knee high? At the, at the lowest, yeah, knee high. Not your climbers, obviously, not your shrub roses, just your hybrid teas, grandifloras, floribundas, to the knees. Well, the rose bush that these uh, flowers are on is about six feet tall. Okay, and is it a is it a tea, like a hybrid tea or is it a shrub rose or do you know? Well, I, it's more of a hybrid tea, I think, because they're single. Mm -hmm, yeah, sounds like it. So, uh, you know, might not want to need to go as low as your knees, but certainly I would cut that to three feet high. Until the spring, and then that's, I kept them right down. That's correct, right down. Okay, thank you ever so much. Thanks, Dorothy. Bye. Okay. Thank you for joining the show here at AM 740. Let's uh, see what's uh, going on there in another part of Toronto where Catherine is. Hi, Catherine. Welcome to the show. Oh, hello, Frank and uh, Charlie. Good morning. Uh, I, I imagine you thought there couldn't be another question about overwintering <laughs> geraniums, but <laughs> I've got one. <laughs> okay. But I, at least I don't remember what to do. Um, I have three very large geraniums that are full of leaves now. I've brought them in, and I was going to replant them and have them in the window, but mm -hmm. they're too big mm. for the winter. So um, the business of hanging them upside down, I think, uh, in the basement, uh, dry, should I cut them back before I do that? No, you don't. But the only time you would do that, hanging them upside down in the basement, would be because you have a cool, dark basement. Well, oh, well, no. It, uh, mm -hmm. Yes, I could put them in a cool room. Yes. Okay, well, that, that could work. The other thing is, I mean, there's sort of, yeah, there's always the two ways with a plant like this. One way is we keep it alive in a window watering as necessary but as you point out these plants are so big you just don't have win enough window space to, to line up these big geraniums yes. so your other option is you put them into what we call semi-dormancy uh -huh. so the way you do that is by cooling them down they will slow right down uh, if they get 
below zero, obviously they're going to die, so they've mm-hmm. got to be above zero. Like refrigerator type temperature is what you want. Mm-hmm. You, if if there is some light getting to them, that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But it typically isn't the end of the world if it's dark. That the they can't. There's a fine line though, because if it's dark and dry, they'll tend to get all shriveled up and wrinkled and 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 just proceed to, to die. So a little bit of light is not a bad thing. And a little bit of water every now and then, just leave them in the pots, mm-hmm. is not a bad thing. The outside of the pot, upside down, quite often in a paper bag, sometimes people will even do that, just to try and hold a little bit of moisture in the plants. Mm-hmm. You're going to lose the main plant when you do that, but it's the new new cuttings you're going to take off of that mother plant in March that are going to be your plants next year. Oh. Right? If you take oh. them out of the, out of the soil. So you don't take the upside-down, dried-out plant and replant nope. it? There's no vigor left in it to, for that to survive. I but the little bit of energy that still is in the plant will create some new growth, and it's that new growth that becomes your cuttings, that becomes your new plants. I see. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Great question. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you. As a matter of fact, thank you very much. Uh, there have been so many questions about overwintering geraniums. We had, you had an email about that, didn't you? I know. It's great. There's a very cute email here from Irena, uh-huh. and uh, Irena writes that her husband, Ludwig, and herself were off to Toledo last Saturday, and... His favorite station, AM 740, was on the radio. They had never heard our show. Uh-huh. Do you like the way I say our show? They never heard <clears throat> my show with you on helping me. <laughs> our show. Never heard the garden show with Charlie and Frank. So uh, they caught the show last weekend, uh, last Saturday, enjoyed it apparently. And uh, Irena sends a question. Her husband is crazy for geraniums. And they've got rows and rows and rows of geraniums in the garage as she's typing. Uh, she's wondering what is she, what's going to go on with these geraniums over the winter. Will they survive in the garage that has small windows? Um, the the big answer to that, Irena, is actually what I just said to Catherine. Got to be above zero. If you've got a garage that's insulated uh, or is designed in such a way that it does not ever freeze, uh-huh. sure, your geraniums could survive. It's those magical kind of refrigerator temperatures. Like I said, you just don't want that down too close to, to freezing. Well, uh, Ludwig's other half there, the better half. I want you to write again because I think the name might be pronounced Irena. Irena? Rather than Irena. 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 Irina. Whatever. I don't. <laughs> I-R-E-N-A. I, oh. Yeah, Irina. Or Irena. Uh-oh. We're, we're into problems here, David. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Gaskin's looking. Uh-oh. He's going to come they're in fighting, and referee. Fighting about they're pronunciation. fighting. Yeah, they're fighting in the studio. Okay, well. Irina. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. Well, Irena's going to write us a note and let us uh, know. Oh, oh, oh. Fine. We'll look forward <laughs> to hope. reading your note, Irina. Okay. Uh, and say hi to Ludwig, too, while we're at it. Are you sure you're pronouncing not, that right? Yeah. Well, oh, geez. 9.22 the time here on The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin as I get ready to unbutton my shirt. <laughs> don't, because please. I, uh, I, well, I've got to do my, my exercises. Oh, my goodness. I've got my spandex on again. I don't want to see here it. Here I go. You had that spandex ah, on last stretching. week. All right. Yes. The reason and Frank is wearing his spandex again and doing same spandex. My goodness. Um, the reason he's doing his exercises is because both Frank and I stay limber and pain free because we both take a mineral supplement called Sierra Sill. 
from the Sierra Mountains. And, of course, you know, this uh, spandex-clad gentleman (laughs) beside me, uh, you know, kickboxes on the side. And, of course, I garden and I, you know, chase my children around with wooden spoons. The bottom line is we are active and pain-free because of Sierra Sill. For more information, you, too, can learn by going to their website, sierrasill.ca. You can give them a call at one 877 joint 14 or pick up the product in one of the health food stores in your neighborhood like Nature Village on Queen Street in Mississauga. Oh, yeah, last push-up good. <laughs> Friends say she's down to earth and that's usually where you'll find her. Welcome back to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And uh, the sous chef of the Garden Show, Frank Proctor. Uh, I actually am, in fact, along with David, a mere minion to Charlie. And, I like the uh, word we... mere. Mere's good. Mere? Mere, yes. yes. I like minion, yeah. kind of. Uh, <laughs> Undergardener. Thank you. Thank you. Well, in training. 926, we better say hi to Rochelle before she disappears on us in Toronto. Good morning, Rochelle. Good morning, good morning. Morning. I have rather rashly purchased 13 different perennials this week at an Ancaster uh, garden um, garden center. Oh, nice. On sale, obviously. Oh, very. <laughs> and five bags of um, mulch. Mm-hmm. Now, are they going to survive the winter? I've got a pretty sunny spot for them. Okay, so they, they're very likely to survive if you can get them in the ground. It, yeah. You can't leave them above ground in their pots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, right. even if you don't know exactly where you want to plant them in terms of the long-term, the, the, the long-term design of your garden, uh-huh. even just leaving them in the pots and burying them, pot and all, oh. into the ground will get them through the winter. Oh. And I would suggest that if you're not positive where you want to put them, rather than struggling to try and do some kind of radical rearranging and fixing and and all that sort of thing now, just literally, if you've got an open spot in your garden where there was vegetables or annual flowers or something that's gone now because of the frost, just loosen the soil, drop all, just line all those pots up in a row, you know, bang them pot to pot if you want, down, and you want to, like I say, bury so that the soil level that the, is in the pots is roughly equivalent to your soil level. Huh. Right. Okay. Then, right. once you've got them all on the ground, you firm the soil around them, uh, and then put a big pile of leaves on top of that or put some mulch. And then what I do, of course, is make sure you've got some stakes or some way to mark them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Where all, did I plant those yeah. pots last year? Where yeah, are all those oh, things? Boy. Yeah. Because it, it's just in the spring, you just never know where they are. And so some stakes or some way to mark mm. where they all are. And then in the spring, once the ground is thawed and, you know, the birds are singing and things are happening, you'll pull them up out of the ground. Uh, clean up, you know, whatever's sort of there and decide where you're going to put them in for the long term. Well, this is the ongoing saga of the new fence. Mm, there you go. Good reason to not put them that, in the uh, final location then. Yeah. Wait. So I got fun stuff and I'm really looking forward to having some of it at least grow. Good. Well, the other thing is make sure they are well watered. You know, we're getting to that time of the year where we're going to want to put our hoses away, but let's make sure nothing goes to bed for the winter dry. Okay, but only one watering? 
No, a good thorough watering now. Uh, it's going to rain tomorrow and be mild. We're talking 11 degrees tomorrow and rainy, which, again, is good for the garden. But <clears throat> it's keeping everything, uh, you know, going, right? Mm. The ground's not freezing up when we're getting 11 degrees in rain. So that's why we're not covering our roses yet. You know, we can't really do our final putting the garden to bed until we're really into some cold and long-term cold. Okay, well, I am hoping to put them in some kind of a permanent spot, but I'll... I'll take them out of the pots okay. and I'll cover them up with um, the mulch and, and I will do a good, good watering. Okay. And just remember that when we do late planting, like now, for example, if you do plant them permanently out of their pots, what happens when the ground freezes is that newly planted plants tend to get pushed up out of the ground. Oh. And so in the spring, you may step outside and see all your little plants sitting up on the surface not ha- like you planted them, right? They just get popped right up out of the ground. Oh. So be prepared for that, that you may have to put them back under the ground because the roots won't have had a chance to grow so they're not going to be holding into the ground if the they and so they tend to get forced out as the ground freezes poor baby keep an eye on them <laughs> okay, okay. Thank you so, so much again Charlie. oh you're welcome rochelle good luck with that remember that ongoing fence saga we've spoken with rochelle before <laughs> thank you rochelle 9 30 the time right on the button here all right and a special guest a special guest is joining yes. us i hope he's there james are you there I'm here, Charlie. Good morning, James. Hi, Good James. Good morning, Charlie. How are you? I'm well. This is Frank. Hi, James. Hi, Frank. James Graham, second vice president of the Ontario Horticultural Association based out of Waterloo, correct? That's so true, Charlie, and it sounds so official and so important. <laughs> and you know, even though I'm six foot four, I still think of myself as a small boy from southern Ontario. And uh, who's been gardening since he was five years old. That's right. No right. kidding. He gave wow. me a package of uh, pumpkin seeds. I took them home, I planted them, and I had great success. And as you know, nothing succeeds like success. Mm-hmm. That's right. And I think if parents have a place they can plant a few pumpkins, let the things grow on the grass, let the kids <laughs> enjoy the pumpkins, and when the fall comes, just take the lawnmower to the grass, and the kids have their reward in the pumpkins. Yep. I've done that with my kids, growing yeah. pumpkins. Yep. And they do. They're all over the lawn. Like, forget it. You can't mow the lawn for no, about no, but six it weeks. Hurt the grass. No, not at all. And who cares about the grass anyway? It'll just come back. Exactly. That, that's right. Yeah. And another thing that kids love are those purple beans that turn green. Mm-hmm. Scarlet Magic runners. Beans. You make a big story about them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, Dude, so are you gardening with small children these days? or? or? I, no, I don't have small children, but I encourage other people to do this with their children. And uh, I have two great nephews who just adored the pumpkins that grew at their grandfather's. There you go. Yeah. It's, well, it's always the best. I mean, the, the best food that you grow or the best things you grow as a kid are the things you grow yourself. Right. Well, you know, for a long time, I think uh, people thought homegrown was somewhat second class. Mm-hmm. Now they realize it's first class. Absolutely. Yeah. You can't get more uh, local. For years, I thought I was a gardening geek, and somehow along the way, I became a gardening guru. Not to mention very cool, yeah. right? And what a great <laughs> thing to do to, oh, to, yeah. to cultivate kids into gardeners, yeah. you know, yeah. by yeah. encouraging them with those, those little things like, hey, growing pumpkins. That's, that's super. Yeah. Hey, uh, one, we want to talk a little bit about the OHA, but while I'm thinking about this, you being the gardening geek who's the, turned into a gardening guru, in all your gardening, have you ever grown Jerusalem artichokes? I have not grown them. I have some here at home right now, and I gave some away for someone to plant, but I caution people that these things can take root, and you try to dig them all up. Yeah. Very hard to find them all. Invasive. Next year they're back again, and you have them with you sometimes forever. 
That's true. Hard to get rid of. They're actually considered a bit of a problem and have been over the years in the agricultural industry. So you've never planted them on purpose yourself, no. but no. you came by some and have given them away rather than planting them. That's right. Just wonder, because I got an email from somebody. I've never grown Jerusalem artichokes, so I'll, I'll get into that later. And maybe some of our listeners can come in with some suggestions. I, I think they're very easy to grow. You plant them and they yeah. just come up and they're everywhere. Yeah, and they're called Jerusalem artichokes, but of course they're not artichokes at all. They're member of the sunflower family, so they get yellow now, my, flowers. My uncle told me that they grew them on the farm years ago, and in the springtime, they were something they used as a starchy vegetable because the potatoes had run out. Right. Ah. Yeah, yeah, because the roots, they survive over the winter, they right? They survive over the winter. The rhizomes are there, and of course, the tubers are attached to the rhizomes, and yeah, that, they're quite good, and after they've had some cold, they're actually sweeter. There you go. Much sweeter than the average potato. Yeah, like so, parsnip. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so kind of neat that way. All right, let's talk a bit about the Ontario Horticultural Association. How long have you been involved with, with the organization? I have, I've been involved in this now. It's heading up to nearly 20 years, Charlie. Mm. I, I went to a meeting once, and I didn't get along very well, but I still persevered, and I came back another time. Why didn't you get along? What do you mean? I, I don't know. It wasn't a very friendly atmosphere for some reason. Like you didn't feel welcome. Didn't feel welcome. Oh, it's like a, like there was a group, and you, were, you weren't part of it. I wasn't part of it. Well. Huh. I sat, next time I came back, I sat beside a woman who chatted incessantly, and we became very close friends. She shared her things, and I plunged into it hook, line, and sinker. Oh, I think it takes that initial contact to be very friendly, yeah. very open, very warm. And so you learn something from that, I bet. That's when right. you've, and when as you've, I go about yeah. to these other horticultural societies, I look for that. Mm-hmm. I, I was in Acton and in Hamilton just this week, warm, friendly, delightful places. Yeah. And and open to welcoming new members, yeah. et cetera. So the that's a good point. Is definitely changing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a good point. How did it go with the Riverdale Hort Society? Wonderful. <laughs> they 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 were the ones that were looking for me on your show. I know. And I was driving in the car, just as you said, and I could not phone them. Yes, we went to Riverdale. We had a wonderful time. It was their ninety fifth anniversary. Yeah. It also was the ninety fifth anniversary of the founding of the OHA which took place very close to where we were meeting. Hmm, neat. So it was very nice. Yeah, so that was quite a They quite were a nice lovely, event. delightful people. They're they had great. an anniversary cake. Aww. I don't know if people realize that at these horticultural meetings, food is part of the meeting. Always. <laughs> That's why you're six foot four, I guess. <laughs> and there's also this underground exchange of goods that goes on. <laughs> so there's somebody who's made, uh, one of our women makes uh, dandelion flower jelly. Mm-hmm. Amazing stuff. It tastes like a mm-hmm. mild honey. Mm-hmm. And th- those jars are passing around, and someone else grows a lot of cucumbers. That's yeah. going around. Yeah. And quite often, the best part of the meeting is what happens after the meeting. Right. And this exchange of plant material, there's a whole black market in plant <laughs> material going on. At these People meetings. with, po- you know, cuttings in their yeah. pockets and bags of yeah. dirt. And- <laughs> It's amazing, but it's great, and and it's but it's very appropriate too. That's I think we talked a little bit about that you and I prior to the show here. The idea of sharing plants oh, and how important, is so important that is. You know, if we don't share what we have, when we're gone, it can go with us. Mm-hmm. And I say that the very best gardeners have no secrets at all. Right, they're also the friendliest people. Yeah, friendly, wonderful one. It's just amazing the people that I've met and so generous with their time and and their wonderful products that they have just you had you don't have this in your garden oh well i'm going to divide yeah yeah 
Let me get you a piece right now. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Here, that's right. Take it's this on. Wonderful. Home. Yeah. No, it's and true. The, the idea, you know, you, you stop because you admire something in somebody's garden as you're walking or driving and you stop and go, wow, I like your whatever. And two or three hours later, you finally get away from the <laughs> homeowner right. who just wants to go on and on and show you this and come in the backyard and yeah, look at this. Right. And, oh, it's great. No, really, and, you know, really. I, when I met this lady at the meeting, uh, she invited me over to her home. And we stood out in the backyard, and she was much older than I was, about 40, 50 years older. And she, we were talking, and then she turned to me and she said, you know, you sound like a pretty good gardener. Because gardeners do have their own language. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if someone tells you they have a climbing hosta, you know full well they're not a gardener. <laughs> what should they say? <laughs> well, they should not say that. <laughs> oh, it's just, just don't climb, don't Frank. Climb. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's it's the yeah. It's absolutely true. So and I think people are sometimes afraid to join horticultural societies. They feel there's a big commitment. There's a huge involvement. Mm-hmm. You can join and you can participate to the level you want to participate. Right. And if you just want to be a an observer in the back row, that's just fine. Monthly meetings typically. Monthly meetings, yes, various times throughout the month. Um, you can Google right on to Ontario Horticultural Societies on your computer, mm-hmm. or you know the Landscape Ontario website that will help you find it. That's right. I think you have it there, Charlie. Yep, well, landscapeontario.com is, we'll take you to Landscape Ontario, but of course, gardenontario.org will take you to the OHA site. That's right. And they, they list all the... Uh, Hort societies in the province. There are over 250 of them, and I hope you can find one in your neighborhood and go, and hopefully the people have listened to James Graham, and they're very friendly. (laughs) Exactly. Well, I mean, I'm a huge fan because I've been sort of speaking and and visiting different Hort societies for a long, long time. I tell you, the number of church basement stairs I've (laughs) gone down into carrying props and and slides, etc. But it's often a a good, fun group, and I, I always remember the president of the Cornwall Hort Society telling me, that you know their analysis was to give their members what they wanted exactly. and what did their members want i said she said they want food they want friendship and they want fun and that's, that's right. what they do they Can't have that. food yeah. friendship and fun like they have speakers but they you know if people aren't interested in going and pulling weeds at the cenotaph that's okay, that's okay. If people have other things on their their agendas that's okay as long as they're getting food friendship and fun they come to the meetings that's right yeah, yeah. And, and I think you, if you come to the meeting and you meet someone, it makes it very warm and friendly. That's right. So and there's we try that to mix social. our people up and have them move throughout the room, and it makes for good traffic. The one thing sometimes I find, you mentioned the unwelcoming, which hopefully is changing, but what about the competitive aspect in, within Hort Societies? Well, you know, we do show. Yes. And, and we have these flower shows. Yes. But it's a very friendly, competitive uh, event. And very often you see, you, you know full well mm. that your petunias aren't up to snuff when you see Mary Jones's petunias. Right. So you don't bring yours. You, you can't really break out into a sweat like I got gypped and I got cheated and oh my God, this is terrible. Yeah. And you know, the prize is so huge. that It's, <laughs> it's like pennies. I know it's not, it's and, not and, done for the money, um, that's for sure. I, I joined because I went to the, I, every year I went to the uh, annual flower and vegetable show here in Waterloo and I thought, boy... This is pretty easy. This is no problem. Yeah. I can do this. Yeah. 
Well, when you go into showing, you realize it's a great deal more than that. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot and, of primping of the of your plants. <laughs> and, you know, you, you pick your uh, zucchinis and you wrap them in towels and your beans are in towels and you carry them to the flower show very, very carefully. And I know, with paintbrush in hand so you can oh, yeah. get the little bits of dirt out of the cracks and crannies. I know. But, but the results are amazing. What people grow is truly wonderful. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And some people are very good at arranging flowers. They do amazing things. And quite often in these flower shows, you're to use what you grow. Right. So I won the best arrangement one year, and it was flowers, weeds that grew along the side of the road. Oh, nice. But you just put it together in a nice way, obviously. Nice way. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what you, you, you learn this and you see it and you think, oh, I can do that. Yeah. Yes, you can do it. You can. You can do anything. No, yeah. I, it's a lot of fun. And like you say, there's a great social aspect. There's a fun competitive aspect. There's good food, good learning, yeah. good, you know, uh, not an exercise, right? Staying oh, healthy. I think gardening is good for the body, mind, and the soul. There you go. Charlie, maybe you might do well to repeat that uh, address once again for folks to check it out <clears throat> on uh, Googling. We will. But thanks so much, James. It's been great chatting. And, and I'm so and thank happy. Thank you, Charlie, for all you do for gardeners. It's wonderful, your show. People love to hear you. Oh, thank you. We have a lot of fun doing the show, and I'm so glad you were lost and then found a few weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much, Charlie. Take care. Nice meeting you, James. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. So that was Garden Ontario, one word, gardenontario.org, to look up any of those, what did he say, 260 horticultural societies? Some huge amount. There's lots and lots out there. So look for one in your neighborhood. It's a great way to make friends, gardening friends particularly. AM 740, the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show is on the air. We'll return to talk to our callers in just a moment. You supply the what and where, and she'll come through with the how. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And uh, Frank Proctor here, the sous chef of the garden. Let's check in and see what's going on in Marie's backyard in St. Catharines. Hello, Marie. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Great. Yeah, beautiful day out there. Mm-hmm. I have a, I bought a pineapple plant in the spring and put it out in the garden. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, cut the top off and grew it in the garden, brought that in. Uh, I was going to throw the mother plant away and discovered she's got a baby growing out from one of the leaf axes. Right. How do I... Okay, so it's still outside? No, no, I brought it in. Oh, you did, okay. So, but that, because that's exactly the way it works. A pineapple plant is a bromeliad, and we've had mm-hmm. chats on the radio about this in the past, that when they flower, of course, the flower comes from the center, and in mm-hmm. the case of a pineapple plant, that it's that flower actually turns into a fruit eventually. The mother plant always dies after that flowering mm-hmm. takes place, and of course, the daughters will you will find at the base. So you need to set you can for now leave them. Eventually, the mother's just going to slowly die down. The, yeah, the, she got touched by frost a bit too. Okay, so it might it might even be simpler. Just get out a sharp knife and sever the daughter from the mother. You want there to be obviously the the above ground portion of the daughter is clear with the leaves, but you want some root attached to that. So the severing, like take it all out of the pot, move the soil away so you can see what's going on. You mm-hmm. need the, the, a little bit of root and the stem, and then you'll replant the daughter into a fresh pot with fresh soil and eliminate, you know, compost the mother. Mm-hmm. What kind of soil uh, mix? 
It doesn't really matter. It's, okay. it, it should be clean, sterile soil. It should be a potting soil, not a mm-hmm. garden soil. Because remember, the roots are very, very tiny on these plants. They don't do okay. a lot of... They don't do a lot of absorbing of moisture through their roots. Oh, okay. All our watering takes place through the top. Uh, it's like a, a vase. The plant is shaped like a vase, and we water mm-hmm. through the top, and the plant actually absorbs moisture through the leaves, through that so vase. So should be pouring water on the leaves? Correct. Okay. Don't bother watering the soil. Always keep water in the center of the plant, mm-hmm. in that vase uh, rosette shape of leaves water mm-hmm. into the center and that's so yeah a clean soil is important uh, but don't bother ever watering the soil just water through the top okay and room temperature water of course yes okay. i stand my water okay perfect thank you marie for uh, calling in thanks have a great day in st yeah, Catharines. good luck with that it's 9 48 we've got time for another call here before we go to a break norm in georgetown hi norm good morning good morning frank morning Charlie, how are you this morning great norm how are you good um we have a bougainville that we've had for a couple of years here and it's in a put it outside and bring it in in the winter mm-hmm. uh, uh lost all the leaves when it came in and it's now growing again it's in a six inch pot do these do better pot bound, or should I uh, put it in a larger pot? You've had it for a couple of years, and it's still just in a six-inch pot. Right. I would be in, well. I would be inclined to get it into a bigger pot. Yep. You could do it now, or you could wait till spring. Uh, it's always a little bit stressful to be repotting plants, and this time of year is not the time when you want to contribute okay. a lot of stress because mm-hmm. it's already a little bit stressed just from coming in. But if it's doing well and you said, you know, it dropped its leaves, it's now popping out fresh ones, you may find that by giving it a bigger pot, fresh soil, uh, you will really encourage more growth mm-hmm. eventually, eventually, particularly after Christmas. You know, once the days get a little longer, you'll definitely see, you know, a lot of growth happening. So not a bad idea either now or in the spring. But either way, I would definitely put that on your agenda. Okay. Bye. Okay. Yeah, thanks very much. You're very welcome. Bye now. Take care. Thank you, uh, Norm, for the call. And, boy, we've got other callers coming in uh, online in a moment or so. We do have to take a bit of a break here. And, right, I, I have to give her a cue once again. What am I doing? First, I'm, I'm doing my exercises. That means... You're heading yes. off to the peanut mill <laughs> on Welland Avenue in St. Catharines, because that's, of course, where Frank lives. And uh, I, meanwhile, will be going to the Woodbridge Good Health Mart, because both of us are in need of more Sierra Sill. Ah, yeah. Uh, Sierra Sill is a is a nutri- is a mineral supplement. I was going to say nutritional, but it's not. It's a mineral supplement that both Frank and I take to to be able to do and our exercises. Yeah, uh, it's not just you know. Oh, it's uh, not just some fly by night silliness. No, no, no. It's they've done all kinds of of um, proper testing and clinical trials. It is a completely patented. Uh, um, recipe and that is used to make the Sierra Sill. And it's, it, it, there's a lot of great information, anecdotal and obviously scientific, on their website. Um, Sierra Sill doesn't work for everybody, but it works for most people to help you stay more limber and be pain-free when it comes to moving around, joint pain, that sort of mm-hmm. thing. And uh, so Frank and I both use uh, Sierra Cell to do just that. And uh, if it can work for you, it will work within 14 days. If you're not feeling better within 14 days, your money can be completely refunded, which is how the phone number came into being. And that's one eight seven seven joint 14 There are hundreds of sources for tips on gardening, but you need only one. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin continues. 
Hey, let's uh, extend the welcome mat here to uh, Janet in Fenland Falls. Hi, Janet. Good morning. Morning. Good morning. I love your show. Thank you. I uh, have a beautiful plant that I brought I bought into the spring, and the card on it was Mandeville. Mm-hmm. Mandeville, yes. Yes. It must have been owned, I guess, maybe growth, about almost five, five feet tall. Mm-hmm. And at one point, that there was 35 flowers and buds on it. It mm. was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. Pretty pink or red? Oh, it was, it, no, it was pink. Yeah. And it was two-tone, like mm-hmm. pale. Oh, two-tone. pretty. Uh, the, um, I intended bringing it into the house because a very high wind one time, one uh, day, just a couple of weeks ago, and it blew all the flowers off. But I, when I, I put it in the shade, mm-hmm. it got quite cold, and I put it in the shade, and then brought it back out to have a little sunshine. And it, fro- it got a little touch of frost. Mm-hmm. I brought it into the house. There are no flowers on it. They've all fallen off, and so have the leaves. But the, the branches are still green. And now I see a few little leaves popping out mm-hmm. here and there, yeah. little, little green pop, uh, pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, should I cut it back or uh, uh, leave it alone? No, I would cut it back. Because so, what's happened is that the extreme cold didn't it wasn't so cold that it killed the plant but it was cold enough that you know the plant to protect itself dropped its leaves and its flowers obviously but the the main the root the crown of the plant stayed alive so right now if you don't cut it back it will kind of struggle to put out little bits of new buds and new leaves but light levels are low you know the heat is on mm-hmm. it's not optimal conditions for tropical plants okay so the best thing you could do would be to don't hesitate to take as much of, as a third off of the plant when you okay. cut it back and of course water is required keep it in the sunniest possible spot you have right uh, preferably with the curtains open during the day uh-huh. so that that southern or western location can really you know cast some light onto the plant I've, remember I've... I have a beautiful new front door with uh, a lot of light, and that's where it sits. Oh, okay. Except for that front door being open when people come in and out, or do you not you no, use that, we don't use that door okay, perfect. in okay. the winter. Good. That's perfect. Just remember to rotate, turn the plant 180 okay. degrees every week. Okay, um, well, and like I say, water as necessary. Begin to start fertilizing again come March. Right. But in the meantime, just strictly water as required. And don't hesitate to get out your little mister and you know do the little misting to, to just help keep the humidity as high as possible. Wonderful. Try and avoid drafts. Wonderful. Okay. Thank you so very, very much. Oh, I'm you're welcome. You <laughs> okay, <laughs> it'll, you. it'll be fine. Thanks, Janet. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Bye-bye. now, Janet Bye-bye. in Fenland Falls. That's a great, great little Lovely town, really. place. So pretty. Time for one more call here. My goodness, it's sure. uh, Mary Lou in Oakville on the line. Hey, Mary Lou, good morning. Hi there. How are you? Good. Good morning. Hi. I just have two hints for you, and I should have called these in earlier uh, in, the, in the month. By the way, I love your show. I've listened to all your past podcasts. Oh, great. And what I do is I, I never put my pumpkin down at the curb. I always mm-hmm. place it in my garden. And it, it, in the spring, it has literally melted to gorgeous compost. Mm-hmm. And what I have been known to do, and the neighbors think I'm insane, <laughs> is I put a tarp in my trunk. And I collect the pumpkins, and they're all over my garden. <laughs> and in the spring, they're absolutely beautiful. Orange mush everywhere, isn't it? <laughs> yes, but it, you know, I know I could buy a bag of compost, I but know. this makes me feel good. I know, it's true. Absolutely. I, I just chop That's mine up smart. and throw it in the composter. Well, yeah. Pumpkins yeah, well, disappear I just put fast. Mine right in the garden. Yeah, and the only it's not thing bad. I've got left is the stem. Right. 
Yeah, and that will compost. Hint, because uh-huh. I've and this I'm late calling with too, is I know your readers have talked about bird feeders, and I'm an avid bird feeder, and I have discovered the way to keep away the starlings and the cowbirds, which I feel a little guilty about, is I only use safflower. In my feeders, I only Uh. have safflowers, finch feed, and unshelled peanuts. And I get none of the big birds. Why is that? I wonder. I was told that uh, by a friend years and years ago, and it really does work. Hmm. Is it and just too much work it. for the, the big birds? Go crazy for it. They do, but uh, yeah, I wonder why the bigger the the cowbirds and stuff I don't, don't think like they it. Can break the. Um, I think that the, the seeds are uh, the. They're just too small for them. Yeah, the finch feeders are very small seeds. Very specific beaks are required to, uh, to eat those seeds. You. But okay. safflower, they just the big birds just either they do not like it or mm. cannot open them. Hmm. Interesting. And then they drop to the ground, and then I have all the chipmunks eating them. I was going to say, yeah, and what about the squirrels? How do you control them? Oh, I have squirrel-proof bird feeders. Oh. You don't even want to hear what I have done. I, I have had <laughs> Auschwitz in my backyard I've put up. Barbed wire, nothing <laughs> deters the squirrels. I've, I've had scarecrow. I have learned to live with them. Yeah, exactly. They probably well, love... you can do. Really, they're kind of cute when you when you finally give in and accept them. That's right. Okay. I think there's a sort of... you got to have a spot for everybody in the garden, I think. Every, yeah, everybody, sure. even the squirrels, need to have a little bit of space. Yeah. But the uh, I have baffles, and the right. baffles are wonderful. Uh, they but work. they're hard to find now. Yeah, the, the is it the plastic um, yes, concave the ones? large use. plastic yeah, ones. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Hmm. Good for and you. They're, they're a lot of fun because the squirrels get on them and slide right on. <laughs> it's like a greased pole, right? <laughs> they yeah. think they're getting someplace and they don't. Yeah. Got your but own little circus going there. The pumpkins I especially enjoy yeah. because I feel like I'm. Yeah, it's doing a great idea. Good. Very good idea. Thanks for so much for that, Mary Lou. I appreciate oh, it. Thank you, and you guys have a great day. Bye yeah. now. We will. Thank you Thanks. so much. We're uh, both looking forward to uh, tomorrow, of course, Santa Claus Parade Day in Toronto. That's true. Uh, I see that uh, Alan Gelman and. Uh, David are all dressed up in their finery, getting mm-hmm. ready for the parade themselves. I think they, yes, yes. must have been uh, working on their float or something. <laughs> <laughs> what about, you've got a show after the car yes. boys are done. Yeah, Dave's Corner Garage, and, uh, after the guy's there, um, they'll roll up the uh, front door and I'll uh, step in. In fact, in the first hour, I've got actually two interviews, one with uh, Rod Beatty, who is uh, uh, the guy who does Wingfield Farms, Letter to Wingfield Farms, mm-hmm. just a scream. It's a great show. Mm-hmm. And and then uh, a very good friend of ours, uh, Diane and myself, um, is appearing in Mary Poppins. Yes, which I understand you saw this past week. Yes, indeed I did. And we'll talk to her. She's a Torontonian, mm-hmm. and she's come back from Broadway. She's been on Broadway for about two years with Mary Poppins, and but joined the touring company just to come home to the and spend some one. time here in Toronto. But And the show was a, great, wasn't oh, it? It's spectacular, really, oh, as we saw it Tuesday night. It's just a beautiful show. They do a good job. Yep. All those favorite songs, man, I, that was that was a very big movie in my life. Yeah, First movie exactly. I ever remember seeing, actually. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah. Oh, you would love this show. I, I probably I would. Yeah, yeah. Except it would mess up my Julie Andrews image. No, no, no. The, yeah. the gal that does the show is terrific. It's just terrific, yeah. All right. Well, good. Well, you have a great weekend. Thank, Thank you, you so much for all your wonderful sous chef support. Thanks, Dave. And thanks to all our great callers. I'll see you all next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.
This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.